This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story against one's own father. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, why I sprayed pepper spray in my ex-girlfriend's eye drops and sabotaged her singing career. Before you call me evil or whatever else, I need you to understand why I would do something like that. I met my girlfriend in college, we had the same major, and I remember meeting her for the first time and my heart was captured by her. She wasn't the prettiest in the room, but she had a special kind of face one that radiated a sort of joy, and I immediately wanted to be a part of whatever she had going on. The second time I saw her, she didn't look as happy and enthusiastic as she did the first time I saw her. I wondered what was going on with her. Maybe it was what my therapist now describes as a savior's complex, or maybe it was that I was in love with her already, but I wanted to know if something was wrong and if I could fix it. I walked up to her and told her my name. She regarded me for a while, nodded and extended her hand for a handshake. I took her hand, it was soft and almost limp, the kind of handshake that my boss at the TV station where I interned after high school would describe as weak and showing a lack of confidence. Are you tired? I asked her. Judging from her weak hands, she had to be tired. I guess she replied to me with a tired smile on her face. But the day's only just begun, I said. She shrugged. I was up all night. I suddenly felt my heart race. Did she have a boyfriend? Was she up all night with her man? Was she upset because of something her man had done to her the night before? Can I ask what you were doing staying up all night? She stared at me for a while. She didn't look angry that I'd asked if I could ask her such an intrusive question. Instead, she looked intrigued. She stopped staring, let out a long sigh, and made to leave. I guess that's a no, I asked. She flashed me that tired smile again and walked away. After that encounter, I couldn't stop thinking about her. I felt bad for asking her that question. Perhaps it was too intrusive. The next time I saw her after that day, I walked up to her and tendered an apology. Look, I'm sorry I asked you what you were doing all night. I didn't mean to offend you with my question, I was just curious. She raised her brows. Really? I'm not going to lie to you, I was offended by your question. I mean, we don't even know each other like that. I'm sorry I apologized again. I'm not that kind of person, I promise you. I'm a gentleman, a complete gentleman. It's just that the first time that I saw you, you looked so bubbly. Looked like you were excited to be here, but when I saw you that day, you looked so tired, gloomy, and unhappy, and I was just curious as to what happened. Then you mentioned that you hadn't been sleeping. I didn't say that I hadn't been sleeping, she cut in. I said that I didn't sleep the night before. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize again for asking that kind of question. Seeing as we hadn't established any kind of relationship, please forgive me. She smiled and then laughed. I'm not mad at you. I was just kidding. I'm a singer and I was invited to sing at some program for freshmen. I'm still unknown around here, so I took it. I was surprised that she sang. 
She did have a sonorous voice, but I didn't think that she would be a singer, maybe a writer, a good one, but a singer? Nah. I told her that and it had her in stitches. She said, I know you're saying this because I wear glasses. She said, well, I write my songs, so I guess of course that makes me a writer. The more we spoke, the more I knew about her. She wasn't happy to be schooling. She hated her courses and was terrified of failing in school. She would have loved to have quit school and become a singer, but her parents would never forgive her for it. Being the savior that I thought I was, I offered her a solution. I would help her with her schoolwork so she could take time to pursue her career as a singer. It pleased her. We became very close friends, and when I asked her to be my girlfriend and she agreed, I was very happy. I pledged to only make life easier for her. I would look up auditions, singing openings, and stuff like that for her. I would sometimes even pay for her train or bus tickets. I also helped her with classwork and assignments. She never had to worry about lagging in class or any of those things, because I would always write out the important stuff and go through them with her. She soon moved in with me and life was good. Once I was hanging out with my sister who was in her senior year in college at the time, and she warned me about my ex. People are saying she's an opportunist, she said. I just hope you're protecting yourself. A girl like that? You can't trust her. I felt offended. Even if people were saying that about my girlfriend, should she tell me about it? Was she trying to make me feel unworthy of my girlfriend? Or was she inferring that the only way a girl like my girlfriend would be with someone like me is to use me? I was mad at her and I told her how disappointed I was. One day, I was using my ex-girlfriend's computer for an assignment I needed to finish for her. When I was done with the assignment, I felt the need to look at other stuff on the computer. Before that day, I didn't think for a minute that I could ever see what I saw at the time. I did not imagine that my girlfriend could ever cheat on me. I wasn't looking to see if she was cheating. I was just curious as to what she was doing, who she was working with, and all that kind of stuff. There were times when I felt like I should know more about her. Even though we lived together, we were busy. I was busy with school and my student tutoring jobs, and she was busy trying to make something of her talent. I noticed a guy who looked vaguely familiar from his display picture that had been texting her. I eventually found out that he was quite famous, one of the singers in a band but I didn't know at the time because I hardly listened to music. She was the closest I was to music. Curious about who the guy was, I clicked on the chat to see what was going on. It turned out that what was going on was that my ex-girlfriend had been exchanging inappropriate pictures of herself with that person. I was heartbroken. I couldn't believe my own eyes. I called my sister to tell her what had happened, but I felt too embarrassed to do that. My sister would have never have said, I told you so, but still, I didn't want to. I figured it had to mean something about me if my girlfriend was cheating on me. I took it so personally at the time. When my girlfriend returned, I confronted her with the truth, and she sobbed and apologized profusely. I wanted to break up with her, I swear. I badly wanted to end it, to say goodbye to what we had and just leave, but I just could not. I was madly in love with my ex-girlfriend. I'm going to admit that one of the reasons I didn't end it was that I didn't want to face people asking questions like, what happened with you two? I didn't want to have to deal with that, and everyone on campus knew that we were together. I also felt like somewhere at the back of their minds, they always wondered how I got a hot girl like my ex-girlfriend to date me. Telling anyone she was cheating on me would make them think, oh, that's what's going on. 
I was too embarrassed about the whole thing, so I kept the situation to myself and never told anyone about it. I forgave her, but I soon realized that I could not forgive or forget what she had done. Especially when after I told her that I'd forgiven her, she just moved on from it. I think I expected a sort of continuous sobriety. Whenever we argued, I struggled to not bring up what she had done. Aside from my struggle, we were fine. For a month, we were more intentional about spending time together. As usual, I did her assignments and made summary notes for her to study. Everything was okay until one day I noticed that the guy who I'd seen exchanging photos with her was calling her on her mobile. I was pissed. Why is he calling you? I asked. She said, I don't know. Perhaps he has something to say to me. I don't know. I don't want you talking to him, I told her. You can't make me not talk to him, she shot back. I sighed. Well, considering that you cheated with this person, I don't think it's too much to ask if I don't want you speaking to him anymore. She said, he's a big guy in the music industry. I need him, my music needs him, and my career needs him. I said, listen, if you're going to keep communicating with this person, then we may have to end this relationship. I knew, even at that point, that she probably did not care. My career is more important to me than anyone and anything else, she replied coldly. I left the house and went to my friend's house. For three days, I slept on his couch. On the fourth day, she came over to my friend's and apologized. I was too scared to ask her if their apology meant that she would finally let go of this guy. I didn't want to fight again. Yes, I was stupid, but I was also young and she was my first actual girlfriend. I never dated in high school because I was just never cool enough for the girls. Things were going okay with our relationship again. Until one day, when my sister's friend told my sister that she had gone to a high-end restaurant with her dad and saw my girlfriend kissing someone. The guy my girlfriend was exchanging inappropriate photos with, saying at that restaurant with his band. After his performance, my girlfriend moved out from the crowd and they shared a kiss. My sister mentioned the name of the artist who kissed my girlfriend, but I didn't know who he was. It wasn't until she looked him up on the internet and showed me a picture of him that I realized that it was the guy who was exchanging photos with my girlfriend. When I asked my girlfriend about it, she apologized and added that she was just trying to suck up to him until she could stand on her own. It was at that point that it dawned on me that she was just a user. She wasn't just using the band guy, she was using me too. She had used me for my time, my brilliance, and even my money. I promised to get my revenge, and I did. I forgave her as usual. She probably thought I was stupidly in love with her. We hugged it out, and I pretended that everything was fine until it was time to strike. A group of top singers in the country was coming over to campus to conduct auditions for singers, and she'd been looking forward to it. The platform was a huge one, and her success in the audition would mean she gets to compete for a huge monetary prize and even acquire fans. She was a good singer and there was a good chance that she would ace the auditions and enter the competition. So I planned to do something that would get in her way of getting there. My ex was talented, but she could not withstand pressure. She easily got discouraged and gave up after the tiniest inconvenience. The day before the audition, we went over her songs together. While she was in the bathroom that morning, I opened her eye drops in a small can of pepper spray that my sister had left in our house when she came to visit. I sprayed the eye drops with pepper spray. She uses her eye drops regularly, so I knew she would use them before leaving for the audition. 
I closed up the eye drops and left them on her table to watch her as she got dressed. When I saw that she was not using the eye drops, I reminded her to take her vitamins. She had some vitamin supplements she took to care for her eyes. She thanked me and walked up to the vanity while I smiled to myself. It was happening. To cut the long story short, she would poured a drop of the sprayed eye drops into her left eye, and as soon as the liquid dropped in her eyes, she screamed. I pretended to care and drove her to the hospital after we tried rinsing her eyes with a generous amount of water. We were there all day while she yelled at and screamed at everybody. She cried about not being able to attend the audition. While she did all that, I looked for a place to dispose of the eye drops so that nothing would be traced to me. Her outbursts at the hospital were very characteristic of her. Whenever things didn't go in the direction she liked, she would throw a fit. I tolerated her outbursts all through our relationship and would probably have kept taking it if she had not cheated on me repeatedly. That evening, we went back home and I headed straight to the room and packed my stuff while she slept. I didn't even have the guts to break up with her. I just moved out when she went out the next day and never spoke to her again. Interestingly, she never reached out either. It was as though she was relieved to no longer have me around her. That hurt more than anything else, but I'll always take comfort in my revenge. I knew how much she doubted her abilities. Missing the audition would have been too much for her, especially since I wasn't there to remind her that she was a good singer. I never saw her sing again. That was enough for me. Have you guys ever had a relationship where you made mistakes like OP did over and over, like giving them too long of a leash? Hoping that if you forgave or forgot something that it would somehow magically turn around and work? I feel like in some ways I can kind of relate, but definitely not to OP's degree. Also, what OP did here was pretty risky because, God forbid, you don't want to actually damage her eyes in any way. That said, our next story is, I hit my father where it hurt. More often than not, parents are seen as caring, compassionate, nurturing people. My father, however, was the complete opposite of that. My family was not a functional one to begin with, as my parents were never planning on getting married, and I just happened to be conceived because they both made the mistake of not using protection. My mother was a fervent Christian and insisted on keeping me. At first, my father was on board with the whole idea, but then the moment I was born, he seemed to instead do a whole 180 on the idea of keeping me and instead wanted absolutely nothing to do with me. My mom was upset when he decided that he would instead not provide for me or my mother in any way at all, but she was fine with that. It was One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It wasn't until her friend, who was a social worker, insisted she sued my dad to compel him to pay for child support that she decided to do that. As is typical in the US, she got the court to impose child support. 
and my dad had no option but to pay it or else he risked going to jail. However, he was never available in any other way but financially. He never showed up to the house, never took me out, never made it to a PTA meeting. As a toddler, I'd many times asked why I didn't have a father, and for a very long time, my mom had told me that I did, but he was just out of the country working. Why she would want to protect my dad's dignity, I do not understand. It certainly didn't help that I repeatedly got teased and bullied at school, and my bullies always made fun of the fact that my father wasn't available. My mom always said that it didn't matter and that I should try to ignore their insults, but honestly, I really couldn't. I got into a handful of fights and got suspended from school a handful of times. Through it all, my mom was quiet and calm. She disciplined, but with love, and never physically. Eventually, she did tell me the truth about my father. That was when I was 13. By that time, I had started to suspect that he was just a deadbeat. The overseas stuff was pretty easy to see through. With the true knowledge of who my father was and where he was, I tried to reconnect with him. It was disastrous. He not only refused to see me, his own son, but he went as far as to call the police on me, saying that he was being stalked by someone he did not know when I showed up to his house repeatedly. I decided to try a different approach. I got his email address online, I couldn't find his number, and sent dozens of emails asking to see him. I pleaded and begged and even went as far as saying that I didn't mind if he just watched me through a glass and didn't say a word. I never received a response. As days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months, the hopes of having my father in my life dwindled, and soon I would given up all hope of ever reconnecting with him. When I turned 14, things started to change for my mom and I in a massive way. My school had a play and I was in it. I acted my heart out and my hard work did not go unrecognized. Apparently, there had been a casting director at the play. She wasn't on the clock though, she was just the mother of one of the students. Somehow, my acting had impressed her so much that she insisted on seeing my mom and I after the play. Turns out that she was a part of a movie project for one of America's big media houses and there was a character that she thought I would be just perfect to play the role of. She asked that my mom bring me to the audition. My mom wasn't very sure about it, but when she'd seen the excitement on my face, she decided to go with it. I auditioned and I got the role. It was almost surreal and I was very excited about it. It really wasn't easy balancing school and screening for the movie, but somehow I managed to pull it off. It helped that I had a ton of fun on set and I got to meet some pretty amazing people too. I wasn't certain that the acting life was the one I wanted to be part of long term, but at the time it seemed pretty fun. When the movie premiered, it was an instant hit. It wasn't a big blockbuster, but it did pretty well. With the success of the movie, I got a fair amount of popularity too. Once my dad started to think that I was famous, the man who had spent almost 15 years of his life denying me decided that I was suddenly his son. What was worse about the thing was that I found this out on TV. Yep, my dad, who wanted nothing to do with my mother and I so much that he was willing to call the police on me, went on TV to give an interview about how I was his pride and joy and he had always loved me. He claimed that he'd always wanted to be a part of my life, but my mom was still bitter about how the relationship ended that she kept me from him intentionally. The whole thing was so absurd, I wanted to publicly shame him. Again though, my mother advised me against it. 
She claimed that silence was the best thing to give, and she was not willing to roll in the mud with the pigs, so I carried on with life like usual. My mom was a pretty good manager, and while she didn't want me to become a child actor, she took the advantage of my little fame to get me a few deals that paid relatively well without affecting my academics too much. To her, school was the most important asset to have, and she was not willing to risk it for anything in the world. I agreed with her and I continued to work on school. Ignoring my father did not work at all. He continued to give interview after interview and soon, many fans were asking that I give a response. Some even went as far as saying that my mother was an awful woman for keeping me away from my dad. Eventually, I had to do something about it, so I secretly agreed to a talk show segment at one of the local TV stations one weekend. At the show, I confronted my father about abandoning my mother and I, and how he had avoided me even when I went looking for him. He gave a pretty lame excuse about how my mom had told me her side of the story and that he'd always wanted to be in my life, but she had said no. This was obviously a lie, but the audience was actually buying it. Frustrated about how easily he had started to gaslight, I simply got up and left. As I was leaving, my mom was at the parking lot. She had seen me on TV and had rushed over immediately. She was upset, but more at my dad than at me. When we got home, she made me promise never to try to see my father again without her. If I knew what was about to come next, perhaps I would have told her to promise to never leave me too. A month after the whole fiasco at the TV station, my mom came into my room looking extremely sad. I instantly knew that whatever news she was about to drop, it was going to be something major. I was right. She was dying. Stage 4 cancer. I broke down. Between sobs, I asked how long she had known, but she didn't answer. She promised that she would take care of me for as long as possible and try everything possible to get better. She wanted to let me know what was up and what the plans were. Plan A? Get treated and get better. Plan B? In the event that she couldn't get better, she had saved a lot, including most of my earnings, in the bank. It was enough to get me through college and be comfortable for a while. She had fully paid for the house, so I had no mortgage to worry about. She had instructed her older sister to act in trust concerning me until I had the legal capacity to make decisions myself. It was clear that she had put a lot of thought into this. Sad as I was about all that was happening, I was resolved to be supportive and help my mom through what could be the end of her life. I guess something in me switched. I knew how much cancer took from people. My friend Isabel's dad had cancer, and I saw just how much it affected her. Thankfully, he got better. With any luck, my mother would too. I took up more responsibility around the house, and I was at her oncologist's, a very kind and understanding woman, who always got me gummy bears, at least once a week, without her knowledge of course, to get updates. As was expected, over the next few weeks, my mother started to become a shell of herself. Between experimental treatments and cancer, I watched her deteriorate. Most nights I cried myself to sleep, and I prayed to any and every deity to keep my mom alive. Eventually, she had to be moved to the hospital and admitted full-time for treatments. It was at this time that my father decided to pounce. He sued for custody, claiming that my mother was unable to adequately take care of me, and as my father, he was the most appropriate person to take care of me. My auntie, who lived in the next state, had to be forced to fight my father in court. It was extremely upsetting capitalizing on my mother's ill health to try to get me. 
I wondered why he decided that now was the time he wanted me, and that question was answered very soon. One day, after he showed up to my school and said he wanted to speak with me, he started talking about how he was proud of me and he couldn't wait for me to start acting again with him as my manager. He said we'd make a lot of money and he'd give me as much freedom as possible. I could leave school and start acting full time. In fact, there was a role he wanted me to audition for soon, if I wanted. I was repulsed by all he said. The fact that he didn't even talk about me or my mom's welfare. My mother was fighting for her life and he didn't even care about her. All he saw when he looked at me was a cash cow. Thank goodness I had the common sense to record everything he said. I figured the recording could help sway the case in my aunt's favor, but that didn't seem enough. I had to hit him in a way that he knew never to mess with me again. I needed to ensure that his plans were rubbished. One day, I called to tell him I was interested in his plans for my future. I would testify in court that I wanted to stay with him and all that. I also wanted to audition for the role he told me about, if he was fine with that. I could hear the excitement in his voice when he laughed and said that was fine by him. Later that day, he sent me a script with the lines I was to act out. He told me to make sure I was diligent with learning my lines and that he'd come pick me up in two days for the audition. He picked me up from my mom's house, I hadn't moved out yet, and took me to the studio. On the way, he talked non-stop about how he'd put everything on the line selling me to his friend who had told him about the audition. He said it was all riding on this. If I messed up, it would take forever before I saw a big chance like this. He was obviously lying about this, but I let him keep talking. When it was my turn to audition, I walked right up to the stage, looked my dad in the eye, and I gave the performance of a lifetime. Just perhaps not the kind of performance my dad was hoping for? I talked about how my father was a no-good deadbeat whose idea of gathering was profiteering off his son. By the time security came to escort me out, I'd made enough of a scene to know that I certainly did not get the part. My dad was gone by the time I got out. I had to hail a taxi back home. Phase 1 complete. Phase 2 was, of course, giving the recording of my father to the lawyer to make a point about my father being unfit to have custody of me. I can only imagine the look on his face when he heard it. Unfortunately though, I never saw. What I do know is that the court ruled in favor of my aunt and I moved in with her immediately. I didn't have to spend long with her though, as my mom started to respond positively to a new treatment the doctors were trying. And after a few surgeries and procedures, she was in remission. Soon, she was healthy enough to leave the hospital, and I moved back home. Her getting better made every ache and stress worth it. I had my mum back, and nothing and nobody was going to separate us again. I'd made sure of that with my life. My mum and I have lived together peacefully since then, and after the court case, I literally have never heard or seen my father again and I quite honestly wouldn't have it any other way. So there it is, the story about how I hurt my deadbeat father. Every single person I've told this story to has agreed that I did what I had to, and they would have done the same if they were in my shoes. I hope you agree too. I think this is more than fair what OP did here. I'm glad that apparently they could use that evidence that OP recorded in whatever court or proceedings. And thankfully, when you're over a certain age, like I'm assuming OP was 15 or 16 here, courts do heavily take into consideration what the kid wants. Even if the entire TV audience doesn't believe you, the whole community doesn't believe you, 
If you tell the courts, hey, I really, really, really don't want anything to do with my father, they're probably going to heavily factor that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.